All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Tuckians? What the fuckinistas? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How is everybody doing? How are you? You all right? I, uh, let me just, you know, let's, let's do some dates first. I'm going to be at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City tomorrow and Saturday. Four shows. Come down. I'll be at the Comedy Attic in uh, Bloomington, Illinois. No, that's not where it is, dummy. Bloomington, Indiana. That's better. Uh, August 30th, 31st, and September 1st. Uh, I'll be at Acme September 6th, 7th, and 8th, but that is sold out. Um, I'll be at the Comedy Works in Denver September 21 and 22 for shows and Stand Up Live in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, October 13th. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all that info. Uh, Get the links to the tickities. Get the links to the tickies. That's what I'm trying to say. Today on the show, it's a very interesting show. For me, I talked to uh, Loser Twersky. He's an actor and former Hasid. Uh, As a Jew, uh, I have been, at different points in my life, obsessively... uh, curious about the Hasidim uh you know for a lot of reasons I'll maybe I'll get into it a little more in a second he was in the documentary one of us you've seen him on that uh the the uh high maintenance on HBO he's been on that he's also in a French film called Felix and Mira but I you know we'll get to him in a minute so all right well yes it is true it is true people it is true, ladies and gentlemen. I have been added to the cast of the new Joker movie being directed by Todd Phillips, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro, two of the greatest actors that have ever uh, graced the screen. And I know some of you, given my uh, recent discussions about the, the slow... Uh, corruption of our culture uh, and arts by the consolidation of desire around uh, the uh, limited options of big budget blockbuster movies in the form of superhero movies are probably kind of, you know, thinking, well, look at this. Yeah, big talker. Huh? Look at this guy. He's a hypocrite. He's this or that. I'll I'll be honest with you. My agent's uh, trying to... um, get me an audition for this film uh, preceded my rants i do not think that my uh, opinions have changed at all i have uh in my life as i've mentioned before read plenty of comic books but the bottom line is this i never thought that uh, my life would take me to where i am now Uh, i didn't assume anything when i started this podcast other than i hope i can stay alive i don't know if i can make a make a living i don't know uh what what you do with these podcasts but i gotta stay engaged stay busy and try to uh you know remain uh on the on the on the right side of the grass uh so who would have known that some of my dreams would come true if they were dreams or some of my ambitions you know, making my own tv show uh developing an audience as a comedian uh doing the best comedy I've ever done in my life, uh, having a career in show business period that the 
podcast itself would be successful. So, given all that, certainly one of my childhood dreams, and, and I, I don't like to use the word bucket list, but certainly something that I thought about in college, I thought about, uh, you know, as long as I was a fan of films, was, uh, God, if I was ever an actor, wouldn't it be amazing to be in a scene with Robert De Niro? Wouldn't it be amazing to act with Robert De Niro? Look at him there in Raging Bull and Taxi Driver and The Deer Hunter and Godfather 2, all those when I was in high school and later, uh, you know, cas- uh, Casino and, and uh, Goodfellow. I mean, look at Robert De Niro is the best. He's the fucking best, man. How cool would it be to be in a movie with Robert De Niro? How long have I been thinking about that? Most of my life. So, given that the time that we live in uh, does not put a lot of uh, resources into films like the deer hunter or even i would say uh raging bull or certainly not taxi driver but you know probably not even goodfellas really at this juncture in history so uh, given that this is the timing that this is where it's at once given the opportunity that it was going to happen that like i you know i got this gig and i'm going to do a, a couple of scenes maybe uh, with uh, Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix, the next in the le- the line, the succession of great actors. Uh, <laughs> fuck yes, I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to do that. This is the movie that it's going to be in. Um, and hopefully, hopefully it'll make the cut. And honestly, it's a pretty great script. So there you have it. Bucket list, dream, whatever. Whatever you may think of what I said, I'm not backing off my assertions in any way, the core argument of what I said. But uh, for those of you who got so offended by that and took it so personally and drew a line, I hope you enjoy me in The Joker. And if I don't make the cut, karma's a bitch. Thank you for all you people that were congratulatory. Uh, Thank you for all you people who were uh, snotty. Uh, and thank you for all you people who who thought that it was somehow some giant uh, conspiracy on my part, a ruse, you know, to either leverage a deal or to uh, <laughs> to, to 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 supply a punchline today. Uh, you give me too much credit, people. You give me too much credit. The three of you that did that. So, what can I tell you about what you're about to take in? Uh, loser twersky was a guy that uh, used to show up i saw him years ago when i did geez man when did i when was that i first met him when i was doing some sort of event at the new york tv festival for for the for the pilot of marin my show Wow, so that goes pretty far back. That goes back to what, 2010 or something. It was the it was the pilot we were bringing, uh, taking around to try to sell the show Marin with Ed Asner. It was a weird little t- pilot presentation, and it was at the festival. And uh, this guy shows up, this H- Hasidic Jew, not Orthodox Hasidic. He's a Hasidic. He's got the payas, the curls on the side of his head. He's wearing the kippah. He's got the tzitzi, uh, the talis on underneath the jacket, full blown Hasidic Jew, young guy, very manic, very intense, smoking cigarettes, uh, was a fan of mine. That's when I first met him. And then, um, 
And then I think he, I saw him at the Bell House. He came to a live WTF, and I noticed that still Hasidic, still uh, with the payas, still with the kippah, but wearing a, a sort of a slick suit, not the standard issue black. Uh, so that was sort of weird. I'm like, what's up with this guy? Still smoking a lot and uh, uh, yammering on, very manic. And then I saw him again. At uh, He came to my book signing at Barnes & Noble. Apparently, I said, oh, you got a haircut because he was not in the garb and he was not with the payas. So this guy extricated himself from the Hasidic community. Now, I didn't know much about that other than, you know, my own sort of weird, you know, when I'm growing up, when I was a kid, you know, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, you know, we learned about it in Hebrew school. You knew it was there. You kind of wanted to go see them. It was like a, it was almost like a, some sort of like um, human zoo of, uh, for religious fanaticism, uh, which there are many around uh, the country. But this one very specific, you know, it's like kind of. 1800s Poland looking but the the Hasidic are always in my mind when I was younger like they're the real ones they're the most committed Jews they're the ones that are holding up the end for the for the sort of middle class bougie uh, conservative Jews these guys are are doing the real they're they're doing the real work and I've written about this in Jerusalem syndrome I've performed bits about visiting the wall in Jerusalem how they're there you know sort of keeping you know, the channel's open for all of us. And I don't know if any of that's true. I had some sort of romanticized idealistic or, you know, I always knew they were kind of odd. And I was always taken by the fact that they, odd, even with the payas and everything else, if there's a generic sort of, if I have a sense of like, that guy looks Jewish, that guy doesn't look Jewish, outside of the getup, I thought a lot of these cats, they didn't look that Jewish. And then I started to realize, well, maybe the gene pool is getting a little tight in the Hasidic communities, which is true. But uh, but I used to see them cruising around in their station wagons uh, in New York, you know, uh, looking for hookers down on 3rd, you know, like on 27th Street. Like, you know, you start to realize and then you start to meet, you know, deal with some of them in different ways. You know, you start to get this different impression. There was some, there was kind of like a, a, a Jewish hillbilly element to them. But uh, but they were like a, you know, a, a highly religious community. It's almost a theocratic community. They are very limited in their exposure to the to the world, uh, and they're just full full on Jew all the time. Very specifically, ritualistically. So this was a fascinating conversation for me, and a very difficult series of events for loser. You know who you know who. It's been a struggle, and if you've seen the doc. One of us, you know, you know a little bit about it, but you know, I really got, you know, I, I did, a, I kept him around a long time, and I was happy to talk to him, and uh, he is living in an RV uh, here in Los Angeles. He is, he's, he's committed to making it in show business, and it's nice that he's actually developing a show uh, with Norman Lear's company now, and a, a friend of mine and friend of the show, Moshe Kasher, has been. Uh, paired with him to to run the show. I'm not sure what it's about, and I don't know that we talked about it because this was a while ago. So as I mentioned, loser, loser. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Um, let me get. He's an actor. He's a Hasidic Jew, a Jack Hasidic Jew, as they say, like Jack Mormon. He's a former. He's a recovering Hasidic Jew, which is. Much different than a recovering Catholic. It's much different than a recovering anything because generally you are not completely insulated from the modern world. And, and that's enforced by your community. 
in order to be in the community. So, and as I said, he's developing a, a show at Norman Lear's company. This is a, a very interesting conversation with uh, Loser Tversky. You know, like I've been seeing you around for years and you've emailed me here and there. And then like I watched that, uh, the one of us. Yeah. The documentary and I'm like, oh, there's that guy. And then, and then <laughs> now I know about that guy. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I've seen you in a couple of shows. Yeah. I watched your high maintenance episode. Yeah. And then you were in Transparent, but you didn't yeah. play an Orthodox Hasidic. No. But no. in the, in the high maintenance you played basically, basically it was a companion piece to uh to the documentary yes because in the documentary you see me shooting the high maintenance episode oh really oh yeah that oh, scene that... where they show me like a uh shooting something i'm shooting high maintenance oh really yeah oh so so let's go let's go back then because you know the documentary was pretty compelling i i thought i personally thought i don't know who made it but i personally thought that they weren't hard enough on uh on the on the elders yeah uh, in the sense that you know it really focused on you guys and the, the 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 difficulty and insanity of trying to extricate yourselves from from the hasidic community yeah you, you know which was pretty daunting and scary and weird and and cult-like uh but but i i do i i thought they they really kind of it feels like there's a whole other documentary in the in the in the abuse issue yeah, well, they didn't want to go too hard because they were trying to tell the story of the, these three people. They weren't going to right, go. right, and also, but but they're the, but it, the onus is on them. The onus is on the elders. Yeah, but nobody nobody wanted to talk to them. They and, tried. Nobody wanted to talk to them. They only got this one guy. Yeah, who is that, that guy? So that guy is he's, he's he's not anybody in the community. He's just a guy, you know. He looks good on camera. He's got a big long white beard. Uh, but, but he's not he's not in the community. He's in the community, but he's not like anybody he's just a dude the one thing that i learned about it that that i didn't really put together was that you know the the community moved and maintained its traditional everything you know specifically uh you know as a reaction to to nazis that they were going to you know protect their way of life no matter what and and the idea of continuing to procreate at the level they procreate at was really it's really the agenda is on some level, uh, to 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 guarantee the survival of that particular strain of Judaism, right? Yeah, it's partially like I think the the having so many kids and like the the strictures that they that they added after the Holocaust was partially response to that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, the funny thing is like I I don't know much about like the history of like why they do things. Like people always ask me, oh, why do they wear these hats? I, I don't know. That's just what they wear. I, I used mean, to do a joke about it. Oh, about the hats? Yeah. So God could see them in crowds. <laughs> <laughs> it was more of a yarmulke joke, but well, I mean, those are those are traditional hats from Poland. Yes, or, but they uh, get yeah. modernized. They you know they change. It's like that's the other thing is like people think that it's it's very it's it's a it's monolithic and like everybody looks the well, same. Everybody wears, well, wears the same. It's it's a little bit. It's there's slight differences. Of course, yeah, you know, yeah. They update them every few years. The, yeah. The two hat makers that make the yeah, hats. They get, yeah, they get taller. They get for, heavier. For, they get fancier. They get more expensive. They're like right. you know those yeah. fur hats. They're like. Five grand, and there must be like one or two companies that make them. No, there's not. There's not more than them. Oh, really? Yeah, but and now they make them in China. Oh, really? Yeah. Where were they making them before? They make them by hand in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Now they make them in China. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. so it's get. There's more casino. 
There's a lot more casinos. There's like, uh, I think a quarter million now in New York. Really? Yeah. All right. So, so when do you realize you're, you're, you're a Hasidim. Wait, I mean, what, how do you grow up? You grew up in Brooklyn? I grew up in Brooklyn, but Before yes. Brooklyn became, you know, hipster, your parents were there with the, in Williamsburg, right? In Borough Park. Borough Park. Yeah. With the original community. Yes. They're, because when I was a kid, you know, I'm 54, you're young, but there was like this idea that, you know, you could go over there and look at the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, people still come and they're like, look at them. It's like, yeah. it's, a, it's a tourist attraction. It's sure. like, oh my God, you want to be in Brooklyn and also in the 16th century? They're like, great. Is yeah. it, it's that far back, 16th? Well, like 17th maybe, I don't know. And what was the name of the, the, the guy who uh, who founded the Hasidic movement? Oh, his name was the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov did it. Yeah, and then they started breaking off into smaller sects and like, you know, implementing their own changes. So the one I grew up in was called Bells. And what, it's from Galicia, which doesn't exist anymore. And now it's like Ukraine or Poland, uh-huh. somewhere around there. And uh, So there's several communities of Hasid throughout Eastern Europe. Yes. That broke off from the Baal Shem Tov one way or the other. Yes. I mean, they, were, they didn't like break off in a way right. like they, they went against them, but they right. just like, you know, went their own way. They're right. Like, you know, uh, they spread out. Yes, they spread out. Right. Yeah. So my so I grew up in uh, in in Barapak. My my dad my my dad is a rabbi, a Hasidic leader. He is. Yes. He's a rabbi. Yeah. He's got his own. There's a different. There's a rabbi and there's a rabbi. Oh a yeah. Rabbi is the one who does like the the like the the laws. The, yeah. You know, you ask him questions about Jewish law, and the rabbi is like a spiritual leader. The rabbi is the one that you ask questions about Jewish law. Oh, okay. So, you like, know. if you've got a problem, or like the legal authority. So he's gonna, he's gonna, you're gonna go to the rabbi if your neighbor fucked your wife, or if you get someone stole a chicken, yes. or if somebody you exactly. know, ripped you off, yes. or it's a rent issue. Yes, you go solve it. He's gonna yeah. open up the Talmud yeah. and figure out a point of reference exactly, and say this is how God wants you to handle yeah. this. That's a rabbi. Yes. Okay. And a rabbi is a spiritual leader. Uh huh. So which, the, which means what? He's just a preacher. Well, he's, he's he's the one who's supposed to have the direct connection to God. He doesn't he doesn't have to consult the books. He just asks God. Oh, really? So yeah. in some ways, on a mystical level, he's he's more important than the rabbi. Exactly. Yes. The rabbi's like the judge. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 rebbe is like the the guy who keeps the hustle going. Basically, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and your dad was one of those. Yes. Does he does he think of himself as a mystic? Um. I never asked him. I mean, I think uh, probably deep inside he knows he's full of shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I, I think so. I mean, he's a person. I mean, it's not like, uh, I don't think he thinks he can speak. It. He th- he, may, he might think that he has because he's like, you know, he's a descendant of Rebbe's because my whole family was Rebbe's. That's how it works. It's, uh, you know, it's the like- Tversky a, Rebbe's? The Tversky Rebbe's. The Tversky family, they're all like uh, Rebbe's. It's a very, it's like a- it's like a Kennedy of like the Hasidim. Really? Yeah. So so let's talk about it. So you, you you when the thing that fascinated about the documentary because I know so little and I am you know sort of fascinated but not educated because I I choose not to do that. But like you look at my books over there, you know I've got major trends in Jewish mysticism. <laughs> I've got quite the Hasidic tales. I've got Martin Buber. That Inner Space book is some insane mystical uh, Kabbalah book that someone gave me. Um, but like it, it's a little dense. I like the Hasidic tales, and I like Martin Buber. Well, it's good storytelling. It's really good storytelling. Yeah. They yeah. never end great. 
A lot of them don't end great. They just end with like, then who knows? Well, you know, like, they end with the goyim dying. They they all end with the the rebbe. The rebbe made a created a miracle, and 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 the bad goyim died. You know, it's a it's great for us. You know, it's like when you're a child. You know, it reiterates. You know that like oh, we're the best. You know, yeah, we're, the the, we're the OG. You were yeah. the chosen. Yeah. You know, even amongst the chosen, we are like the OG. And we're you the, talk like real. you're supposed to. You like have the like you you have the accent that people make fun of, but it's real. It, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. It's hard to figure out because it's not. It's not because of Hebrew. It's because of Yiddish. Because of Yiddish, yeah, and, and it, also because I didn't speak English. It's New York and Yiddish is what it is. Yeah, basically, it's a combination of like New York and Yiddish. But also, my mother is Israeli, so I have like a little bit of an Israeli accent. I can hear that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Your so, father married an Israeli? Yeah. So my father went to, went to yeshiva, went to study in Israel, and uh, and that's where that's where he got introduced to my mother. I mean, they had like. Like all Hasidic dates, it was you know arranged, and they had met for like an hour or something, and they got married. They lived in Israel for a year, and then my dad moved back to Brooklyn to take over his dad's uh, synagogue. Now, was your grandfather alive when you were a kid? No, none of my grandparents were alive. My mom's parents, my mom's dad died when he was forty-four. Yeah, suddenly, and then his uh, his wife, my my grandmother, died a couple of months later in a car accident. Wow. Yeah. So she lost both her parents when she was and like what about a your dad's parents? Was he was your dad's father the Rebbe in Brooklyn in yes. Borough Park? Yeah, same house that my father lives now. Same same synagogue, same house. So how many synagogues are there in Borough Park? Oh God, there's like on my block alone there's five. Really? And yeah. they all have different Rebbe's? They all have different Rebbe's. But is it but are they still do the communities interact, the different congregations? So it depends. There's some there's a lot of infighting. So like like there's there's the fame there are the famous on the Chabad right the Lubavitch the ones sure. that stand on the street and it's like hey, excuse me are you Jewish yeah, are you yeah, Jewish are you Jewish come do a yeah, tefillin exactly like, so right here Chabad, like, right here in the bathroom we got to do tefillin <laughs> <laughs> on the street they always when they, when yeah. they stop me are you Jewish like no how, how yeah. they not know the payas they don't well, give it away even, even even when I had payas and beard you yeah. know I would I would I would go by and it's like you're not gonna ask me yeah they don't like, want to well, ask you they're afraid Jewish. yeah well they're afraid because well also they assume that I already put on tefillin they assume I already did that's right that guy already did it he's good. No. But there was a, a the rift with Chabad. Why? Because so they didn't like Chab- the missionary element. No. So Chabad and Satmar. Satmar is like the biggest, like um, uh, like really extreme Hasidic Hasidic sect. Like they're the most Which famous. Ones? Satmar. Yeah. Or they're the anti-Zionists. They're the ones who are like. Right, uh, we, we live in Palestine. The wall is in, yeah yeah uh, the, in Palestine. Which Israel's yeah, not a they state. Don't, yeah. They, like when you when you sign like uh, like the books that they print, it doesn't say printed in Israel. It says printed in E Israel, which is the Hebrew word for Eretz Yisrael. So it's like it's Eretz Israel. It's not Israel. Israel, the state of Israel, is something else. How are there a lot of those guys? Oh yeah, they're they're huge. Yeah. They're the ones. They're they're based in Williamsburg. They're the ones that people when they think of Hasidic Jews like outside of Chabad. Yeah, they're thinking about Satmar because they're the biggest, the most visible, the most the most politically connected. Uh huh. Yeah, the most active. The thing. Oh, what I was going to say is the thing that fascinated me about the documentary was that kid. You know, the one who just like basically didn't know how to read or function. Yeah, neither did I. Because it's so insulated? Yeah, because they don't teach you any... Eng- they teach you, like, very, very basic English. There's an hour of English every day, like, four so, days a week. All right, so you... Okay, so when do you start... Do, when so we, you, probably, you have payas when you're a little kid, right? Because I see three the payas kids. Yeah. And, and that's part of the rule book? Yes. When you're three years old, you get payas. Okay, and then what's next? And then there's bar mitzvah. No, so 10 years, you just walk around with payas and the, yep. the talus vest without being ordained? Or, no, or, you wear like regular colorful clothes. Yeah. But you wear tzitzis, you know, the, the fringe That's thing. That's what I mean, on, tzitzis, on, yeah. yeah. Und, underneath it, usually. Yeah. And then when you're bar mitzvah, you start wearing the tzitzis outside, and that's when you, that's when you switch to black and white. Now, bar mitzvah, 
uh, in the Hasidic community must be like a it's a it's a big deal in middle class conservative Judaism right. for different reasons. Yeah. You don't really acknowledge, you you know, okay, I'm a man now, whatever that means. Right. I get presents. We have a party. Maybe there's a theme. Yeah. You know, you get to buy a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for for you, it must have been no. It means big... that basically from now on, it means you have to fast on all the fast days. You have to keep all the rules. Yeah. It's like you have to, you have to fast on Yom Kippur. You have to fast on Tisha B'av. Like you know, you got to do all the rules. You're basically an adult. Mm-hmm. And uh, you start putting on tefillin when you when you're every day thinking. every day yeah every day is tefillin every day tefillin I don't every... even have tefillin well I just found my talus <laughs> I mean I had it it was here I'm cleaning things out but I have a nice talus oh but I don't have tefillin do you I don't have it? mine either I don't know where they... I yeah I do have them I I think I know where they are I you... still have most of my stuff yeah I use them for like you know films and stuff you know <laughs> but do you are you a little typecast. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, at least I'm working. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I would love for it to do other. I would love to do other things, but you know, this is the, this is the, most of the work I get is that. All right. So you bar mitzvah at 13, yeah. and then what's expected of you, given that you come from a family of 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 rebbies? Yeah. Are you expected to be the rebbe? Is that no, because you... I have like f- four other brothers. Older. All I have uh, two older ones and two younger ones. Well, how do they designate which one? Usually the oldest one. Yeah. But uh, there's always a fight. That's there's why, like, the, right now, there's two Satmars, there's two Babavs, there's like every every sect that came with one Rebbe from the Holocaust. Yeah, you know, and they had a bunch of kids, and yeah. now the kids are splitting off. There's yeah. like two visions. There's like two of everything now. Is that why there's you so know? many synagogues? Partially, yeah, but also, like, for example, like you would say, like when you say, like, I'm part of Babav, to say which Babav, 45 or 48, 45th really? Street or 48th Street, yes. Oh, so everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows. Like Satmar, you Satmar Williamsburg or Satmar Curious Joe. And in terms of 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 being part of whichever congregation is that is that just the the community has to decide it breaks up the community who are they going to go with or or is it they prefer the guys that like like because people in conservative judaism a lot of times they change temples just because they don't like the rabbi is that the way it works there well so i mean it is a personal choice i mean people decide which rabbi they like and yeah. that's the one they go with but then is yeah. there friction between the two? Oh yeah when satmar was splitting up there was violence Oh, there was fires. There was there was there were stonings. There were the burning up cars. There were yeah. There was a lot of violence. Well, Same to with Bubba too. To what yeah. end? To to keep it one community? No, but basically, to, like to kick out like if like Satmar and Williamsburg like uh, they would they would want to institute some new policy, and like the guys who are splitting off wouldn't like it. You know, a fight would break out. Wow. You know, or like if one of, if one of his people they're would burning show up. cars. Oh yeah. So then, how does the rabbi handle that? They, they, I, that's a lot of sit downs with the rabbi. I well, would imagine. Does is there still just one rabbi for all these communities? No. They, so like, so the rabbis, like the ones like the, well, the judges, they also split. So some of the rabbis go with one rebbe, and some of them go with the other rebbe. It's real politics. It's real politics. Yeah. There's like, it's like if you go, if you go to like a, a Hasidic synagogue, which also the other thing you have to understand, people think that that uh, they don't socialize. Yeah. They do socialize. They don't have bars. They don't go to bars. They socialize in the synagogue because you pray three times a day. It seems like there's a lot of singing in the socializing and a lot of uh, arguments. Yeah, a lot of, yes, yes, a lot of arguments. So like, I don't know if you know about the, you know about the mikveh? Yeah, the bath? The bath, but yeah. the men go to the bath every day. Yeah. Oh, really? The, yes, every day before, before morning prayers, you go to the bath. And you go in there and it's like probably thousands of people go through it every day. It's like a schwitz or just a it's bath? Not, it's, it's a, there's showers, some yeah. of them have a schwitz, and, yeah. but there's the big, the big pool that yeah. you go in and you immerse yourself in. So 
a lot of people, they just go there and they just sit like it's a hot tub and they're just like arguing about Satmar this, Satmar that. They're arguing politics. Just do- dozens of men. Just dozens, dozens of, of completely naked. Men, completely naked, naked bearded yeah. men yeah. arguing. Yeah, and there's always this one guy who like, who, who like, who like uh, uh, dries his, his, his groin. Yeah. Like he puts one foot up on the, on the bench. Yeah, right. Like there's always this one guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? And <laughs> yeah. then there's the one like really, really religious guy who like, who doesn't want to look anywhere. He just, he, he keeps his towel on up Right, yeah. right up to the bath, and then he just jumps in and jumps out and splashes everyone because he doesn't want to see anything. And he's just, he's just immersing. Yeah, you know? he's doing that thing. Yeah, that, doing what the is thing. the immersing? Is that a, a what's the what's the ritual mean? It, it's just cleansing yourself, basically. Uh, but is there showers yeah. involved in casino? Well, there's showers. So here's the because fu- <laughs> you know, I don't want to be weird and generalize, but I've I've been around some smelly classes. Uh, no, a lot of them like they believe they uh, because they, because life is about life is about. Um, spirituality. Life is not about the body. Or the cleaning body is, your suit. Well, the, the body is just a vessel, you yeah, know? So it's not important. Uh, right. Know? But but that means that the, there's a lot of enjoyment. So you don't have to worry about what you eat as long as it's kosher. Basically. They, they, you know, I, I imagine doctors in the Hasidic community you have to be bringing their hands all the time. Oh, yeah. So well, they don't have their own doctors because they didn't go to college, but yeah. Oh, see, so that must be the one thing they don't have. They don't have doctors. They don't have, they have very, very few lawyers. Really? Yeah. So like the no, whole, there's no yeshiva or Jewish university so he, for chassids. That, that's the thing. Like people, people think of Jews and they're like, oh, they're the educated ones. Hasidic Jews get zero education. There's no college. There's 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 no high school. I have no high school diploma. I I couldn't read or write when I was late eighteen. Really? Yeah. How I barely that, spoke English. How is that legal? It's not, but they get away with it. Why? Political power. There's actually an organization in Brooklyn called Yafed, and they're fighting against the suing the city of the state of New York to enforce the laws. They have to sue the state to enforce its own laws in the schools. I, what? Because they just don't want to do it because it's insulated because they 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 pay their rent because they have pr- their property owners. Well, I mean, I don't know how they get away with that because they have a voting block. They're voting block. They vote as a block. Oh, okay. So if the Rebbe says like everybody, all of them, no Blasio, matter what the infighting is. That, that's something that it, transcends the infighting. It's, it, it, we can fight amongst themselves, yeah. but when it comes to what's well, good for the Hasidim, basically, then we vote yeah. for that guy. The guy has to be socially conservative and, and, fis- and fiscally liberal. Uh-huh. So give us all the government programs you can, but don't let the gays get married. Right. Basically. So, so you're telling me the Hasids, it's like the opposite of what everybody thinks about the Jews. They're, they're living off the welfare system. Yeah. And and they and they're just well, not all of them, obviously. No, I yeah, know, but yeah. they're not like because I they're not all diamond merchants and selling no, cameras. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, I used to work at B and H actually. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> I have a good picture of like me in the B and H vest with the payists and everything. B and H for the audio equipment. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's a massive company. Is it still there? Yeah, it's still there. It yeah. does billions of dollars a year. In yeah, business. they sell uh, they sell all the mixers and yeah. things. Yeah, I still get the catalog. Yeah. I used to work there, and I used to have I used to have like uh, filmmakers come in. I had no idea who they were. I remember like I had this like one modern, uh, like more modern Orthodox Jew next to me, and he was like, "You know who that was? That was Harrison Ford." I'm like, "Who's that?" Yeah. Oh yeah. my God! Come on, what movies are you watching? Well, I wasn't watching anything at the time. They didn't let you watch movies. No, there's no movies. There's no TV. There's no newspapers. There's no radio. All right, so okay, so you get bar mitzvah now. Who? Yeah. Now, which one of your brothers is going to be Rebbe? Oh, we don't know. They're going to fight it out. How do you fight it out? I don't know. I know. I know whose side I'm on. <laughs> Yo, really? You picked a brother. I have a favorite brother. Yeah, you know. But but how, but oh, so it has to be. It's within the family. It's within the family. Yeah. That your dad's gonna make the call. Uh, it's probably gonna be in his will. Yeah. 
Oh, that's how it yeah. works. And so they just they don't even know what they so they're both kissing your father's ass one way or the basically, other. Basically, yeah. They're all grabbing real estate. Yeah, uh, you mean mental yeah. real estate? No, like r- actual real estate. What, really? Yeah. So like my father like, you know, he makes a living from uh, from uh, from the synagogue, obviously from donations, yeah. but he also has, you know, a few a few buildings that uh, helps out. I mean, he's got 12 kids, you know. There's 12 of you? Yeah. How how, yeah. how many girls and boys? Seven sisters. You have seven sisters. Seven sisters, four brothers. They're yeah. all, and you're the only one that's, you're the only renegade? Yep. Do you talk to any of them? Some of them, yeah. There's some of them who like just completely ignore. My sister got married a couple of uh, weeks ago and I went to the wedding and some of them just like pretended I wasn't there. They just completely ignored me. Really? Yeah. And it's actually interesting because like, um, I don't know if I told you this, but when you did that episode with your father, I think the 500th episode. Yeah. I was driving and I had, I, had, I, had, I it touched me so much I had to pull over and cry and I hadn't spoken to my parents at that point like for probably seven, eight years and I decided at that moment that I'm going to try and make it right. Yeah. I'm going to try, try to reach out to my dad and see and we actually did reconcile and then one of us came out and he stopped talking to me again. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So just recently? Well, he didn't see it obviously. Yeah. You know, he hasn't seen a movie. I don't, did you throw him under the bus? No. No. No, I never, I, he's a good guy. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, we just, I just wish that didn't know that you know I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, because I grew up in it, and I just wish he understood where I'm coming from, and which he might never. The, yeah. But they did. But it's intentional. I mean, they're surrounded by modernity, and I have to uh, assume that they have cell phones. Yeah, you know, so they. I mean, they do filtered make, cell phones. Really, like China? The, the yeah. Well, the best the best way to understand what's going on in Borough Park and Williamsburg is think of it as North Korea. Right. Everything is censored. There's no outside influence. That's why they don't teach you English because if you can if you can read and write English, then you might read a book and then you might find out that you know there's a world out there. So like when I was a kid and I would you know I I never seen a movie. I'd walk on the but street. But it's fucking nuts. You're in New yeah. York. You're walking around. It's yes. I would walk down the street and I would see like let's say maybe ten years ago. Yeah. You know, if I if I walk down the street, I see a billboard for like say Mission Impossible. I it said it would say Mission Impossible March Fourth. I yeah. would have no idea what that means. I would have no idea what that's about. To me. It's a goy with a gun, and from what I would um, see, I would look at that and I was like, okay, I get it. Goyim have guns. Goyim are murders. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a movie. I don't know what. I don't know anything. What What is the the day to day? I mean, like, wait, like, like, who? What are the? Because like, it was always my assumption that that in the community, I see it's surprising to me that they don't have doctors, they don't have lawyers. Well, you don't uh, theoretically, they don't need lawyers for most of what the community needs needs to deal with. Yeah. They go to the rabbi, right? Yeah. And in terms of like, you know, so, and everybody is employed. You have bakers, you have, uh, you know, uh, electricians, ta- tailors, electricians, yeah. all that yeah. stuff. But where yeah. do they get trained? Do they get trained in Hasidic uh, training? Well, no, now you have Hasidic computer programmers. They're just, you know, they're good improvisers. They're good survivors. They've learned how to survive. So my brother is a computer programmer. I mean, he actually works at B&H, you know, and he is really, really good. He's self-taught. He still works at B&H? Yeah, he's self-taught. You know, but you have all you have twelve of you, and you're all living in the same house. No, 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 no. They're all most of them are married now. Right, but I mean, back in the day, yeah. Was there ever a time where you were all twelve there? Or no, there no, was such no. A... I went off. I went off to yeshiva in England uh, when I was like fourteen. Okay, so you're fourteen. So you're the son of a big rebbe, and you know you get to choose the yeshiva thing. It, there must be some class uh, uh, distinction. Yeah. So if you're like, if your father is like you're a kind of big a rebbe. Yeah. If your father's like a big rebbe, he has his own yeshiva. And then you go to your father's yeshiva. But my father's not that big. Oh, really? So I had to go to another yeshiva. He's a minor rebbe? He's a minor rebbe, yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like a B-list uh, rebbe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And and do you, you, why England? So, because I, I got kicked out of every school I went to. 
How do you and, get kicked out of school if they're just teaching Yiddish and Jewish stuff? Well, you can still make trouble. You can still not learn even even like Torah. <laughs> if you don't like classrooms, which I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. So you're making trouble. I'm making trouble. Yeah. Like what? Well, it was one time where I was uh, I, I I was uh, so there's set there, so you have the classrooms. Yeah. And then after you, they they teach you the class. So the, after you get bar mitzvah, this is the thing. So after you get bar mitzvah, you go to yeshiva. Before yeah. that, you go to a cheder, which is like a elementary school. Yeah. And you go to yeshiva, and you're there every day from six a.m. to like ten p.m. Yeah. All day you study all day, and the way it works. Torah. Torah. Yes. When yeah. do you learn Yiddish? Just to, that's Yiddish the, is just the spoken language. That's you what you yeah. speak in the house. Yes. Yeah. You don't study it. You just speak it. It's fascinating. Yeah. They, so everybody's still speaking Yiddish. Yes. Right? Yeah. Aren't there a couple of different strands of Yiddish? There is. Yeah. So there's like the the the, the Russian German Russian, Russian Yiddish, Yiddish more German, German Yiddish, Yiddish, Polish yeah. Yiddish. Like the Israeli Yiddish sounds a little different. You know, it has like a the R is like R. Yeah. And the the Brooklyn Yiddish the R is more like a like a rolling R like yeah. a R. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but but it's all understandable to it's you. It's all understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so okay, so you go to so you you the, at six day, six a.m. to ten p.m. Yes, all day long. You study all day long, and uh, so you go to class, and after class, everybody goes into the big sanctuary where they study together. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, when class was done, for example, I I wanted I took a couple of chairs, I laid down, and I wanted to take a nap. Yeah, and people kept coming in and turning the lights on. Yeah, so I took other off, kids. Yeah, other kids. Yeah, you know, so I took off the cover from the light switch, and I stuck my key in there and popped the fuse and. That and that. shut down electricity for the whole building. Yeah. So you, you know? can take a nap. So I can take a nap. Yeah. You know? So you're already a, a problem. I'm a problem. Independent yeah. thinker. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but it strikes me now, even now, with you know, sitting with you and, and your disposition and, and the fact that, you know, you, you're still sort of, you, you got pay us for roles or whatever you got, yeah. it, but you still got it. I don't get the feeling that you don't believe in God. I, I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, how can I? I mean, like, there's like, it doesn't make sense to me. All right, but when you're a kid, how, like, is it just taken for granted? Because, like, you know, they, they you know, the, the, the Jewish God is, is given the books, is a fairly complex entity. Not that, to us, not to Hasidim. Well, I know, but I mean, but the, the, you got to know the books. You, you're studying all day long. I mean, you know, with, with Christians, one give or take, it's just sort of like, do you take Jesus into your heart and you're done? Right. You're done. You go live your life and go to church on Sunday and try to be a good person. And that's that. I mean, yeah. it just seems like, uh, you know, unless you, you get deep into Catholicism, yeah. that, that, you know, that, that the issues that, that the, the religions like uh, Islam and, and, and Judaism at the level that you were practicing it is, is fairly complicated, very demanding and all consuming. Yeah, but that's the difference between Hasidic Jews and all the other Jews. Right. Hasidic Jews do not study any like theology or philosophy. We don't ask those kind of questions. We don't go into that. We just study the laws. We just study like the, the laws and the spirituality of it, like the feelings of it. And like, so all the other stuff, all the theological stuff, the philosophical stuff is taken for granted. That, like, that's like set in stone. There is a God and he gave us the Torah and then he gave us the Baal Shem Tov and that's the way it is. And like that part does ne never get, we don't even study like the, the like the, 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 the whole Bible. We only study the first five books. Hasidim right. don't even study the rest of the Bible. That's the crazy thing about Hasidim. They, they took like these spiritual ideas yeah. and turned them into dogma. That, right. that, that's what they did. That, that, that's, I think, one of their biggest problems mm -hmm. is like that a lot of what they do and what they say has no basis in Jewish law. In terms of like, you know, new people coming in outside of just people who are born into it, is, is that something you see no. often? No, very rare. Right. It's very rare. Yeah. Unless they mm -hmm. marry into it? 
they wouldn't marry into it either. I don't know. Some people are fanatics you know, of all kinds. Yeah, you know, like... I, I, I know you're not an expert, but you, you, no, it's but not something you saw. It was just a... You know, it's you, very rare. Everyone had, it's what very about, rare. What about inbreeding? Inbreeding? Well, let me put, I'm going to try to make this as, 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 as uncomplicated as I can, but it's going to be hard. So my mother... Uh, my mother's my mother's parents are first cousins, right? Okay, and then my mother has uh, now she has uh, I think twelve siblings left. Uh, a lot of them died, but my mother's youngest brother married his oldest brother's daughter. So, like in my mother's family, it, there's a ton of inbreeding. Yeah, like cousins and first cousins and nieces and nephews and uncles. They're all in marriage. And there's an old joke they say that like, well, yeah. if he's a good boy, why give him away to another family? <laughs> And if he's not a good boy, why should another family find out about it? So either way, just keep him in the family. Uh-huh. You know. So that's the way it goes. Yeah, but it's not every family. So, but and they do they do like uh, genetic tests. So like when you're like six, when you turn sixteen or seventeen, there's like a, a nurse that comes to yeshiva, and takes everyone's blood, and gets a he gets a barcode. Everybody gets a barcode. Yeah. And it goes into a database, and then when they start doing arranged marriages, the shatran, the matchmaker, yeah, would call up. And say I have number five four three three three, and number blah 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 blah. Are they a genetic match? Can they marry? Are they going to have Down syndrome kids or whatever? So oh, so they, that's how they do it. That's how they so do it. So it's not you don't look at the family tree anymore. No, you, you just, just look, look at the crapshoot of genetics. Basically, yeah. So they're only concerned with certain genetic matching. Like yeah. they, they know that well, this they, this plus this equals this. Right. They, yeah. They don't they don't want like you know um, uh, you know sick kids. So they're basically saying you can be family as long as we don't get them exactly. As long as it doesn't, you know, as long as you have healthy kids, why not? But uh-huh. but they, it's weird because this is sound crazy, but like I used to think that, like I'd see a lot of Hasidim, I'd say, you know, if you shave this stuff off, he doesn't look Jewish. Yeah, they're like they're like redheads and yeah, like right. blondes. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I was a blonde boy when I was when I was a boy. I was blonde. My mom is blonde. Hmm. Yeah, and I have blue eyes. I mean, I don't I don't look Jewish. When I like clean up and I shave and yeah. everything, people think I'm Irish. So, all right, so, you, you know, once you start having these rebellions, you're still going along with it. You still believe in God as a kid. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I, I'm figuring it out. I'm, I'm questioning it. I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot of trouble, you know, and I... But what'd you do in England? That must have been different. So you, you, go, you grow up in fucking Brooklyn, then you go to England. It feels the same to you? Like the community's that, as insulated? Well, so I got sent to a boarding school. A boarding yeshiva. Yeah, a boarding yeshiva right, so in England. It's right. not a, so it's it's an hour north of London in a little town called Hitchin. Actually, it's not in Hitchin. It's like outside of a little town called Hitchin. It's in the middle of nowhere. You're surrounded by fields. Yeah, and you never leave the premises. And it's just all payas. All payas. All boys. Yep. All boys. Same thing. Six to ten at night. Yep. All day. For, for like six months. But what are you, just reading Torah? Reading Torah, you're praying on, on Sabbath, you know, you're dancing, you know, you're singing, you're eating, smoking, you're, a lot of smoking. Yeah, they like, they yeah. don't mind smoking. Well, that particular yeshiva didn't mind smoking. No, but I mean, yeah. even like in New York, I used to see these fucking costas in their station wagons cruising for hookers. Oh, yeah. All, like all the time. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> is, that, is, is that another thing that the community is like okay with? Because I heard about like a lot of these Orthodox women, these Hasidic women, they got, uh, genet- they got uh, venereal diseases. Yeah, they get them from the hookers, from yeah. their husbands, yeah. Well, they look the other way. The community looks the other way. Why? Especially if you're like a rich guy and like someone important and like, yeah, you know, he gives a lot of money to the, to the, to the shul, he gives a lot of money to the schools, you know, like, you know, so he does that. That's between him and God. Oh, really? You know, yeah, certain things are between him and God. But apparently, you know, apparently some other thing is like, oh, no, we got to take it ourselves. Uh-huh. You know? Interesting. So, so they yeah. just decide within the community. 
Yeah, people look the other way. So you spend the, you're you're in England for how many years? Yeah. So I so I basically I I I get bar mitzvah. I spend a year in yeshiva in Brooklyn. Yeah. I get kicked out. I spend another year in a yeshiva in upstate New York. I get kicked out again. And then nobody wanted to take me anymore. They're like, this is a problem, kid. We don't want to deal with him. So, I so guess do you I, have to go sit with the rabbi to discuss this? No, it was because my father is a rabbi. So like he gets, you, okay. he gets to do whatever he wants. And what you was know? he doing? Was he just being a father? Or oh, he was he... going insane. He was losing his mind. He didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. Yeah, he never knew what to do. He was always kind of lost. I was that one kid that he just like he had no idea what I wanted and what would the deal, what my deal was. But were there other kids like you that you connected with? I mean, at least like no. did you find any other peers who were troubled kids in this way? No, in the because, community. No, because the troubled kids were like into stuff that I wasn't into. I was I t- to me I I I still I still I mean I'm 32 so I'm still trying to figure out my childhood and what it all meant. I just didn't fit in. I just didn't like any so of it. So what are the other really troubled Hasidic kids doing? Oh, they go out at night, like not like clubbing, but they they get into trouble. They drive. They 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 sometimes smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. They do like they get into like regular regular kid trouble. Yeah. And my kind of trouble was just like bizarre. It was just like bizarre behavior. It's like, like who shuts down the electricity till he wants to take a nap? Yeah. And what ha- like how did you get kicked out of the one in upstate? Um. Oh, it was Purim, like the Jewish Halloween. Yeah. And. Um, and we're in the middle of prayers, and I think I started doing like like stupid tricks in the middle of prayers, like uh, what do you call these 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 uh, these these cans that spray like string? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, silly like in the string. middle of prayers, silly string. Yeah. yeah, silly string. I did that. It was just like right. I did things for attention. I always, I mean, were you the, the young, like, Are long, you the youngest? No, I'm number four. Oh, so as long 12. as I, they gave me like uh, out of twelve, yeah. As as long as they gave me a stage and they let me sing and they let me, you know, lead the prayers, yeah. I was happy. If I wasn't getting attention, you know, all hell broke loose. <laughs> so that's right. So you were a class clown. You needed attention. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, your brain, like, you know, I guess that the, the idea is that you you set the dogma in place in such a, a, a strong way that the kid does not have the, the traditional yearnings for sort of parental attention, nurturing, right. that kind of stuff. So like the, 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 the religion and the community was supposed to fill that void. And yeah, it didn't and also, fill it for you, and and also like my my, it, I I didn't let my 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 brain expand, you yeah. know, beyond the borders. Of, you had of, desire. I had desire. I had like I did. There's so much to do. I had curiosity. Yeah. Once you realized yeah. that every billboard for a movie is not just about guys with guns, exactly. You were like, there's something else going on across yeah. the street. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there's like old. I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we had there was one guy on our block lived right next door to us. Yeah. And, uh, and at the top of the stairs, the second floor of our house, I could look into their house, into their bedroom. They're watching TV? And they were seeing, and I couldn't see, because yeah. I, I got glasses late in life. So yeah. for like a, well, you couldn't read, you couldn't speak, you couldn't see? <laughs> I couldn't see because, I, because my parents thought I was lying when I said I couldn't see. They didn't take me to the eye doctor. So I could just see the, the flickering TV, I couldn't see what was on it. And I, would, and I would just stand by that window for hours and just like wonder what is happening in that house. Yeah. You know, so to me, it was always just, I, I have an intense curiosity. Yeah. You know, I would take things apart, like toys, just like to see how it works. Right. You know, I wouldn't put them back together. I wouldn't figure out how it works, but I took but, it right. apart. You know? Sure. <laughs> right. So, yeah, okay. So you had this uh, this drive that it was yeah. not, you know, you were not spiritually satisfied and you were not uh, materialistically satisfied. Right. You weren't emotionally satisfied. Yeah. So, so after England, do you graduate from yeshiva? You don't graduate. You get married. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that's your graduation. Your wedding is your graduation. 
So yeah, so they send me off to this boarding school where like you, you're there for like six months out of the year, and then you go home for like the for Passover uh-huh. or like you know the holidays. Yeah, and uh, and uh, so over there, I kind of like found my place because I was away from my parents, you know, and I I was able to relax, and I actually became a pretty good boy. I studied, you know, and I and I that's when I developed my performance. And you know skills. What'd would, you do? I would sing. I would, uh, you know, just lead the prayers, lead the the, oh, yeah? the the Sabbath meals. You know, and yeah, I became a little bit of a macha, and uh, yeah, and then I got married. So you yeah. got arranged marriage. I had an arranged marriage. Yeah, they did the gene testing. They did the gene testing. Yeah, and they, barcodes. You know, they barcodes were passed. Yeah, yeah, we matched up. And you didn't know her? No, no, I didn't know her at all. Was she from Brooklyn? No, she was from Muncie. She was from upstate New York. Oh, like Rockin County, and what, how how did that deal go down? Is that what's the deal between the dads and the Hasidic community? What, what's the dowry situation? So the way it works is there's there's a matchmaker. They they go they go to like the I think they go to the to the to the girls' parents first, and they say, well, there's this boy Luza Tversky, you know, and a uh, little bit of a problem. Yeah, well, they didn't say that, you know. <laughs> And uh, like it's you know his, his dad his dad is the Foltachana Rebbe you know oh, yeah. great so that's family the yeah. Tversky so so they start doing some research and they say okay we're interested and then he goes to my parents says well we have you know I don't want to say her name but uh, them and uh, and are you interested and so and when both say yes both families yeah when both families say both yes fathers or mothers fathers and yeah mothers yeah. both. And uh, they start doing research. They start calling the schools. They start calling her job. And, you know. Were they doing the same thing with you? Yeah. And they still signed off on it? And they still signed off on it. Apparently, they, they weren't sure. And then what you have then is you have a meeting. So my mom goes to meet the, the woman. And um, her dad comes to meet me. And we sit down for a couple of hours. And what, what did he do? Uh, he, was, he ran an embroidery business. For Talis? Yeah. For like Talis and like, you know, all the ornaments for the shul, for the mm. synagogue. He does, he does that. Uh-huh. So I meet her and it's uh didn't go that well. It was like an Where'd hour. Where'd you meet her? Um, at her sister's house. And she's got the wig on and everything. No, no, no. She doesn't have a wig on. No, you, no, no you, wig. You only put it on after you get married. Oh, right. You okay. Know, so she so has you... a ponytail. You know, she's pretty and she's very shy and very quiet. Yeah. And uh, you know, I am not that. Uh, yeah, but that can work. Sometimes, but it didn't work. There was just no conversation happening, and I I go back to my dad and I'm like I'm like yeah I don't know, and that's also like unusual. You usually don't say no. Really? Yeah. Usually just say yes. Because like, yeah, you have to give a reason why you say no. So, and like, what could be a reason? You haven't slept with her. You barely spoke to her. And like, how do you know what you want? You don't know what you want. So how, how are you going to say no? But in their minds, all they want are kids. They don't give a fuck, right? No. They, you just get, a, yeah. Whether you get along or not is not the issue. No. Because women are, are primarily, are, you know, I guess, silenced initially. But oh. I have to assume that at some point, you, you know, like any other relationship, you know, once, you, you know, everyone is surrendered to the situation, if there's no one's fighting, I, I have to assume that some marriages within the Hasidic community are fairly dramatic. Yeah, but they, but like, like they always say like, oh, look at us, our marriages work because there's less divorce. Well, there's less divorce because people have no choice. Yeah. By the time you realize that, you, that you've fallen in with someone, you know, you're, you got five kids. What are you going to do now? Walk away? But is that just- People are stuck. But you just, they're not happy. They're stuck. No, of course. I yeah. get that. I yeah. get that. And they, but there must be bitterness and fighting and domestic abuse. Probably. I yeah. mean, my parents, I mean, they they didn't talk much. Oh. I mean, they're both living their own lives. I mean, 
my mother's raising 12 children. My dad is, you know, running a synagogue. So you, you, you marry this girl. Even your father says, fuck you. I do end up marrying her. I said, I said, the, I, at first I said no. And, uh, and then a couple of weeks passed and my, my, my rabbi, so like the, actually the dean of my yeshiva, who I was very, very close to. It's literally the only guy who I have any nice things to say about from that community. He was a really, really nice guy. I really loved Not him. Not a rabbi, a rabbi. Yeah, he's a rabbi. He was the head of the yeshiva. Okay. Yeah. A wise man. A, wi- a very wise man. Like a super, like probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. Why did life. you like him? Why did he resonate with you? Because he, because he actually cared. And did he understand your, your dilemma? Yes. Yeah, he did. He's like, when I said, I said, you know, I don't think I believe in God. He's like, oh, don't worry. You know, you'll, you, it's, it's, it's a teenage thing. You'll get over it. <laughs> You know, but he said it with such heart, you know, I felt like it really meant it. And this is the kind of guy he would like leave his house in the morning from London with like a bag of lunch from his wife. And then he would see a homeless guy in the street. He would pull over and go out there and sit on the curb with him and show him, oh, see, this is, this is the chicken. Here's the, the potatoes. Yeah. And would just give him the silverware and everything. And just, he was, I mean, he would go to his arch enemy like to, to borrow money for like some other sick person. Uh-huh. He was a completely selfless person, uh-huh. like a wonderful guy. So he found out that I had that I had what they call it's called a bashot. Like when you first meet your um, uh, the woman, it's called a bashot. That meaning is called a bashot. So he found out I had a bashot, and I said no. He calls me up. He was very sick at the time. He had cancer, and he says uh, that the listen, loser, they don't know your history yet. You know. Yeah. You got to say yes because the older you're going to get, I was 18. <laughs> He's like the older you're going to get, yeah. uh, people are going to start wondering why you're not married yet. And then they're going to start digging in. They're going to find out all, all your history before you came to my yeshiva. And then you're never going to be able to get married. This woman wants to marry you. Just marry her. It's going to be great. I said, yeah, but I don't like the way she looks. And I'm like, he's like, oh, what the fuck? Forget about pretty. Pretty is for pictures. <laughs> pretty is for pictures. <laughs> you know, so he convinced me. He said, why don't you meet with her again? And if it doesn't go well, you can say no. So I went to my dad and I said, you know, I'm, that's, that's what the Rosh Hashiva said. That's what the Rebbe yeah. said. And uh, and uh, I'm going to go meet her. And my, my dad says, no, no, no. If you meet her again, it's a yes. So I called back my rabbi and I said, listen, this is my father. I said, said, if your father says that, go meet with her. And if he doesn't like it, I'll pay for the wedding. What does that mean? He said, do it without your parents. Get married without your parents. Because I think you should meet with her again and you should decide. Yeah. So did, that's another thing. Did it's you also, tell your dad that? Yeah. And that's when they said, okay, you know what? Okay, we're going to meet her again. And I met her again, and we actually, you know, it was okay. It was like half an hour. Yeah. And, you know, it was a good conversation. Is everyone sitting around? Are you guys, they're no, in no, the no, other room or what? So we have our own room. They, yeah. room. they leave the door open so nothing, you know, can happen. Uh-huh. So they can watch over us. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. And, <laughs> and uh, I walked out of the room and I said, let's do it. <laughs> and that's it. Like six months later, I was married. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you didn't talk to her in that six months? No, not at all. She just came down for the wedding? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I just met her at the wedding. And you break the glass, and you dance on the glass, and then we go into a private room, and then we go into a private room where we sit for like, like I think twelve minutes is like the legal, the Jewish legal time that it takes to uh, what's what's the word copulate. You go into a room right after the wedding. No, 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 you don't do it, but you have to be there long enough to be able to do it. Oh, do some people do it? No, I don't think so. Not anymore. Or what was it? No, I don't think I don't think no one I don't think anyone does it at the wedding. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so you do the twelve minutes, right? Yeah, and then what? what and then we go party. Okay, yeah. We well, drink wine, dance, you drink wine, dance, get yeah. on the chairs, get on the chairs, they walk you around. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's so happy. Like, everyone's happy. I'm happy. You are. Well, because I'm thinking like this is like like this this horrible childhood is finally over. Now I can. Now I'm on my own. Now I can fix it. 
now I can fix it. Well, that, but that's interesting because, like, you know, you did get yourself to the point, like, as, as I did even, you know, when I married my first wife, who was Jewish, and, you know, we went through that whole thing, that, like, all right, well, it, it, I, one of the reasons I did it was because it was familiar, and it was, you, you know, yeah. it was expected, and uh, it, it seemed okay. And, uh, but, you know, if you still have those things in your mind or in your heart, it's not, never going to be okay. So, all right, so, so now you're happy. And you go, you, you get your own place in one of yeah. your dad's buildings or what? No, no, no. So we ended up living in Muncie. My, you know, so my father doesn't have anything over in there. Mu- in upstate Muncie, New York? Muncie, upstate New York, yeah. So we got a little apartment there. And that's when I first started, like, now I have autonomy. Because before that, I was in yeshiva yeah. all the time. Right, or but, my parents' house. Uh, I had no autonomy. I was able to go out. Go out where? At anywhere. I wasn't able to leave like I was on the watch. But could you read and stuff at this point? I could read a little bit. My English was a little bit better because I spent some time in England. Yeah. And uh, the, the Hasidic kids from England speak a little, a little bit better English. And uh, so that's when I got a car for the first time. Yeah. And I started, uh, you know, talking to people. I would, I, one of the first places I, I, I went was Starbucks. Yeah. Like, I, just, I was just looking for places to interact with, like... Uh, but you're full-on hat and oh, yeah. black full and on, white. Yeah. 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 And I started talking to people. And I you know my English got better. And I started listening to this rabbi who like gives lectures in english just to improve my english a hasidic and, rabbi no like uh, it wasn't hasidic it was like a like litvish like a lithuanian mm-hmm. rabbi he's very famous uh rabbi miller uh-huh. he gave lectures in english and uh and uh, in one lecture he mentions something about like how the goyim are so stupid they believe in evolution they believe that everything just made itself and i'm like wait wait people well, what is that what yeah, was that again right and i so i started researching it so it's like because so, you're free to research, you got internet now. Like, well, I don't have internet, yet. so like everything, like it, you don't it, have internet. A, no, yet. there's a process. So like first, I get the car, and then I get like a DVD player. And I, in the beginning, I would watch anything. I would go to Blockbuster. I would sneak into Blockbuster. I would go to one like Ramsey, New Jersey. I'd yeah. go like far away from Muncie, and I would make sure there's no other minivans outside. Make sure like no <laughs> one is uh, there's no other sneakers around. Yeah. And I would I would literally if it was rated R, I would rent it. I also, here's the other thing. Where I were did, you watching them? In my car. Yeah, I had a DVD. I had a whole like hookup where it like plugs into the cigarette lighter, and the thing is like that I didn't even know you could rent movies. Yeah, I would go to Blockbuster and buy every movie I wanted to see. And at one point, I had so many movies in the trunk of my car that I couldn't because I would hide them with a spare tire. I could no longer close it, so I went to a truck stop, you know, and I bought like this DVD sleeves, and I threw all the covers out. Yeah. And I just had the DVD. I still have a lot of those. Who were you hiding it from? Your wife? My wife. Yeah. And once you move in with them, are you talking more with her? Or do you? Well, we never really connected. We never fought. We were married for three years. We never fought. Never had a single fight. But we barely, you know, we barely communicated. She was like doing her own thing, and I was doing. What was my she own doing? Uh, she worked as like a home health aide. Uh huh. Yeah, and were you having her. children? Yeah, we had a kid like nine months after we got married. We had uh, our first child, and then a second child a year later. Uh huh. So you started. Yeah, I mean, like you know, that's what happens. You know, if you do it, that's what happens. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, you know, I didn't know like condoms and like, you know, and like birth control. I was like, hey, I'm having sex for the first time. This is great. You know? Right. So you didn't know anything about that? No, nothing. Really? I mean, I knew a little bit. Right. Because I mean, in yeshiva, you know, boys, there's some boys who know more. Yeah. They talk, but I'd like not practically. Yeah. You know? And it's also understood that you just have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So you're sneaking off, you're renting DVDs, but you're not getting hookers and stuff. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, really? That happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. It ha- like, there's actually like, in like uh, maybe like a year and a half into my marriage, and I started like reading more and like getting into like science. And uh, one of the only places I could go to speak to Goyim 
where I felt free and I knew I wasn't going to be seen was a strip club. Because if there was another Hasidic Jew there who saw me, he wouldn't rat on me because he's there too. Uh-huh. So the one of the only places I could go to interact with regular people about was a strip science. Club. So you, but so like this, yeah. So like I had this stripper. This <laughs> she was like Norwegian or something, you know. Yeah. And and she tells me uh, that uh, that she's that she's uh, that she's an atheist and she believes in evolution. And I'm like, ooh, I got my Rabbi Miller argument. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can make you into a believer in like five minutes because I still believed at the time. I mean, I was. What was Robert, Rabbi Miller's argument against it's atheism? the blind watchmaker? How come something? How come something as 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 uh, as simple as an ashtray yeah. didn't evolve, and something as complicated as a banana or a human did evolve? Yeah, you know. So I I just lay it on her, and I'm like, "There you go. This is gonna do it." And she looks at me and she says, "You know, it's it's not the same thing." And I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Because an ashtray isn't biological." Right. And I'm like. Whoa! Wow! Right! <laughs> and like I, I, I told the story. To, I told the story to Pendulette, and, yeah. and he and he says like, "Oh, it's amazing how much more convincing an argument becomes with a pair of tits in your face." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I went home after that night, and I was like, "Wow!" After the strip club. After the strip club, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, I got I got to get to the bottom of this." Yeah. And a couple of months later, I was like, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. There's no god. This is bullshit." Uh huh. And that was when you were 23? I was like 22, almost 22, yeah. 22, yeah. two kids, two kids. A, a bunch of hidden DVDs in your trunk. Yep. You're sleeping with strippers. Yeah, well, yeah, well, not sleeping with them, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually I did start, you know, seeing uh, seeing hookers because I was like, all right, well, it's, it's got to be more to sex than just... Uh, but you went, well, you went with hookers because you couldn't really find anyone else who's going to f- fuck a chassid. Yeah, ba- also, <laughs> also, I didn't know how. You didn't know how to talk to girls. You didn't I didn't know, know you how had to no game. To well, you know. how are you gonna have game when you got payas and a hat? Yeah, well, I, I now even when I have payas for a role, I you know I can still find my way around. You know. Well, yeah, well, yeah you seem a, a little more well adjusted. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. So, so somewhat. Well, but so what does it take? So, so now that you, when you started seeing hookers or started not believing in God, I mean, how I long? I didn't think I was gonna talk about hookers on the podcast. <laughs> It's okay, I, I, but like I mean, but how long before you're like I got to get out of this? So at a certain point, I stopped caring, and I brought my computer home. I bring the DVDs home, and me and my wife, we we had an agreement. We were like, you know what, you do your thing as long as the kids don't know. As long as on Shabbos you come home, you do a meal, you pretend everything. So she's fine. sleeping with people? No, no, oh. no, no, no. She's very religious. You know, she remarried. She has a bunch of more kids. You know. She's in. Right. So we had so an agreement. You, okay. You know, I mean, like I was doing my thing, she was doing her thing, and it was okay. Yeah. And at a certain point, she started, you know, saying like, okay, this is this is not going to work. You know, we got to make up our minds. You know, About what? Divorce? No, are you going to be religious or you're not going to be religious? And uh, she went and told her dad, and her dad came up to me um, after prayers Friday night, and he said, uh, listen, I In Muncie, because you're at his temple. Yes. So he says, uh, you know, I know, and uh, I need you to make me a promise that yeah. you're going to be religious. And yeah. I said, I said, you know, I don't make promises that I can't keep. And he says, well, then you got to let her go. Yeah. I said, okay. And that was on a Friday night, and on Tuesday I was divorced. Just that quick. You got to get. I got to get. I got a legal divorce. Done. Out. No money. Things. No nothing. Just you're done. Yeah. She can. You can have whatever you want. I don't. I don't need anything. I just want out. There's yeah. a whole world out there. I want to see it. And that was it. And that was it. And I lost. I got fired immediately from my job. I Which got, job? Like, I was working at a liquor store at the time. A Hasidic liquor yeah. store? Yeah. 
And uh, so because I don't, because I I was open about not keeping Shabbos anymore. So if I touch kosher wine, it becomes non-kosher. Oh, and that's why you got fired? Outside the fact that everyone knew in the community yeah. that you did this. Yeah, but I can't work at a wine store. You know, right. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know. Oh, uh, you know, if you all... don't keep Shabbos at all. Yeah. Like, it's not a matter of the day of Shabbos. If you're a guy that doesn't keep Shabbos, you can't touch any booze. You can't touch any kosher wine, yeah. No shit. Yeah. You're like a... You, you you're like a goy. A goy... Like, black magic. No, well, if a goy touches... Uh, a goy what? cannot touch wine, kosher wine. Really? Yeah. It becomes non-kosher. That's... Unless it's pasteurized. If it's not pasteurized, if it's like regular wine... Yeah. Then, yeah. That's what makes wine kosher. That's, that the only thing that makes wine kosher is that it hasn't been touched by a goy. There's no <laughs> special process to it. It just has not been touched by a goy. Uh-huh. It's so yeah. funny because Manischewitz and like Mad Dog 2020 was such a, a popular fucking, you know, wino, alky, street-level yeah. drunk <laughs> shit. Mad Dog was like, and that's a Manischewitz product, I think. Mad yeah, Dog. but Hasidim don't drink Manischewitz. It's not kosher enough. It's not? No. Oh, okay. There's actually a lot of very, very good kosher wines. There's like really expensive kosher wines. Oh, yeah? Yeah, from Israel and from like France and yeah. There's like a lot of really nice kosher wine. I learned um, everything I know about wine. I know from working in the kosher in the kosher wine store. Uh huh. All right. So you get yeah. fired. You, get, you 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 basically exiled yourself from that yeah. community. So yeah. how long before you had to pack up your shit and go? Immediately. Oh really? Immediately. Yeah. I was immediately out. Well, my wife kept the apartment. I had nowhere to live. Where'd you go? So I I was crashing in a friend's basement for a while on like a mattress on the floor in Mansia. Another Hasidic guy. Uh, another like he was like on the fringe. You know, it was like an older single guy, which is also very unusual. Yeah. And he was living alone. And uh, it's a whole other crazy story. That guy, like his dad is like a big deal in Vegas, like in casino business. And his dad is not religious. And he became Hasidic. And then he became like modern Orthodox. And then he doesn't know who he is. But he had yeah. this place in, uh, uh-huh. in Monsi. And I was crashing with him. But he didn't go to your temple? No. Oh, No, okay. I just knew him through friends. Yeah. Oh. All right. And then what? Yeah. And then I decided that I'm going to... And then I joined Footsteps which is the organization that you see in the movie. In Brooklyn. In, in Manhattan, yeah. Yeah. They're based in Manhattan. This is for Jews, uh, Hasidic Jews who want out. Yes. And they help you with like shelter and food and uh, high school diplomas, job search. They basically, oh, really? Yeah. Because you come out there and you know nothing. You know, not, you don't know what a resume is because that's not how Hasidic Jews get jobs. They don't yeah. have resumes. They're like, oh, you know Yankel Favish? Oh, yeah, he's hiring. Oh, yeah. You want to work for him? Do you know how to use a computer? Yeah, I'll figure it out. All right, good. You're hired. (laughs) That is literally how it works. It's like you can get you can get any job. It's like um, you know, it's they look they they think of uh, most things. They're like, if a goy can do it, I can do it. Right. The difference is a goy has to go to college to learn how to do it, and I can figure it out on my own. Oh, right. That's how it goes. (laughs) That's how it goes. So there is a sort of like uh, you, you know that that sort of judgment. You know, it's interesting because that idea of the difference between Jews and non Jews. Is is not specific to Hasidim, and you know it, it is. It, it's sort of uh, it, that that thing is stuck, you know, through conservative Jewishness, and, and I imagine some Reformed Jewishness that, that the chosen people that we're more educated that we know. You yeah. Know, but, well, it's uh, worse with Hasidim. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. But it, it is. It is a Jewish thing. Yeah. It, yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's it's actually it's 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 worse by Hasidim and unjustified too. <laughs> right. From what you're telling me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. because they're all dummies. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is that they they're adapt. street smart. They're yeah. street smart. They're very street smart. They're street That's smart. That's why they, they love Trump. Well, they're street smart in the way that, that uh, you know, the streets of uh, Borough Park. No, in general, in business too. They, yeah. they, that's why they like Trump. They don't, they don't like data and numbers and experts. Yeah. 
they'd go with their gut and they go like that's why they love him yeah they're like he's our kind of guy he's like hey fuck the establishment i know how to do this yeah so what you're an expert you know that's that's it that's in yeah. the talmud you know the, no but then like the proof is in the pudding you know it's like well he's a billionaire so he must know something right so but that's where they but aren't there aren't there rules about business in the first five books yeah there are yes and they don't have to deal with that well, but those only apply to Jews. Yeah. Jews dealing with Jews. So that when you deal with Goyim, you don't have to follow those rules. Mm. So, like, so there's actually, the, the, the law is, the Jewish law is, that if uh, you go to a Jewish store and they give you the wrong change, you have to return it. Yeah. But if you're at a non-Jewish store and they give you the wrong change, you don't have to return it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's in the book. That's in the book. No it's case. an actual law. Yeah. <laughs> they, say that you, they say that you should return it to give the Jews a good name. Right. But if you don't give a fuck. But if you don't give a fuck, then you don't have to return it. Yeah, we're not going to you know? hold you responsible. Yeah. That's between you and God. Yeah, and I was arguing like Noam, Noam uh, uh, Dorman from the yeah. seller. We yeah. were arguing about it. He's like, well, they say that the, the, because I said that the law, the Jewish law is that you can you cannot violate the Sabbath to yeah. save a non-Jew's life. Yeah. And he said that, well, that's not in the book. And I said, well, let's look it up. And we looked it up and it says, like the latest ruling on that is that that you're not allowed to, but you should because otherwise the Goyim are going to say that the Jews are not allowed to violate the Sabbath to save a Goy's life. Right. So it's like it's optics. So legally but you can. But it's, it's, but it's also uh, adaptation. It's not just optics. Right. Because there's something about those kind of rules where it's sort of like, because it, it, always, always at the core of this, certainly in modern Hasidim, is that, you know, we don't want to make trouble with the goys because they'll because we they, need them they're, and they're gonna kill us you're right yeah <laughs> <laughs> and here I am spilling the secrets and now they know <laughs> they, it's like now they're definitely gonna kill the, us the ones that want to kill you know yeah. they, they already know that's, that's, that's the problem yeah what yeah. about you and your kids oof yeah that's the now we're getting there <laughs> was that heartbreaking it's gotta be heartbreaking how long yeah. did you know them for well, my son was almost three. My oldest was almost three when I left. Uh -huh. So I didn't know them for that long. And they're not going to, and, and they have the option, like theoretically, her family and her, that, you, you know, if they can keep you away permanently, they'll have no memory of you. Yeah. But they know, they know I exist because they know they have like three sets of grandparents. Right. Oh, and, so your parents are still a part yeah, of their life. Yeah. They let them do that. Yeah. And also like when they get called to the Torah, when, they, when he gets bar mitzvah, yeah. you know, he's going to be called the Torah they're not going to call him you know his name and his stepfather's name they're going to say my name they, they have to yeah so he's going to know he's going to know that his father's name is not so what's you know, your relationship with them I have no I have no relationship I haven't seen them since isn't that horrible yeah it's uh I think it's the I think it's best for everyone that way yeah yeah it's but you know hard to explain you know but uh because it, it would complicate things with no solution yeah exactly I, th I still, because I, I still think that the most important thing in life is, is to be happy. You know, I think it's more important than the truth, hmm. which is weird coming from me. And I think that even though I, uh, my kids are being raised in a, in a, in a, in a community and, and in a faith that I don't believe in, that I think is morally wrong, um, I think that, uh, you know, their mother is a lovely mother and their stepfather is a lovely dad and mm -hmm. they're being raised and they're going to be happy. They're not going to have a horrible child, childhood like me. And they'll be they'll grow up to be happy Hasidim maybe, and if I just come in and confuse them and you know I I don't think it does anyone any favors, right? You because know? you can't you you don't you're not taking a stand, in the in in the sense that you know you, you want to, 
out the community you came from to destroy it because you know you can't. Yeah. So, I, I, I would like for it to end. Yeah. You know, but I know I can't and, I, and that's not what I'm, I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm not, a, that's the other thing. Like, I'm not an activist. Like there's some people who leave and they become activists. I'm not, you know, I'm in it for myself, you know. I'm, I'm building a career, you know, I'm building a life. Yeah, but, but, like, but, but see, the, the, the sort of premise of, of responsibility and following the rules, no matter how bizarre and, and limiting they are, uh, you know, give you a sense of, uh, you know, I, I, I guess on some level, there, there must be some good chassids. Oh, there are many. There are many. Like that rabbi you knew in Yeshiva that, you know, that are, are doing good in the world or yeah. at least honoring God in a way that, that isn't uh, cruel. Yeah. But did you know that every hospital in, New York, in the New York City Tri-State area has a room called the, 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 the Bika Choylem room, which means visiting the, the, the sick. Yeah. And there are buses full of volunteers that go from hospital to hospital every single day and fill those fridges with free food. Chassidim. Yes. You can go to any hospital and you will see like, you'll see some door with like Hebrew letters on it and a combination lock on it. And everybody know the people in the community know the combination lock. And if you're like a Hasidic person or a Jewish person for that matter, who is in any New York City hospital, you find the Bikah womb and you can eat for free if you're visiting family. Hmm. And there are people, volunteers, mothers with big families. And this is any Jew. This is not a missionary work. No. This is just, this is, Pure service. volunteer, pure service. And if you get if you if you get a flat tire in Borough Park or in Williamsburg or Muncie, you call Chavayim, which is an organization, all volunteers, and they will come and they will change your tire. They will give you a boost. They'll dig you out of the snow. If you get locked out of your apartment, they have locksmiths, volunteer locksmiths. Only Jews. Only they only come for Jews. Yeah. 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 They have Hatzala, their own ambulance service, all volunteer. You know, less than two minute response time. So given that, so yeah. that, so you have to acknowledge in your heart and in your mind that they're, they're, despite your problems with the insulation of the community, that, that your kids, you know, have a shot at being okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think if I came into their lives, I, I, I would, I, I would, I would, you know, the chances but would how, but, but how do you rationalize the selfishness of your pursuit yeah, well, <laughs> Harry, I uh, I rationalize it by the fact that I di- I wasn't giving it, I wasn't given a choice. Uh, because the, the rules were as such. Yeah, if that I, they wouldn't if, allow you to to live in both worlds. Yeah, if I impregnated someone now, I would I would deal with it a lot differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I would take responsibility because now I know. Right. So you you, know? you were saying that on some level that you were that that your sort of you were stifled and and and, and indoctrinated by yeah. the the confines and 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 uh cult-like nature of the community yeah. so how did it unfold with your father that you know the falling out again he just well he called me up and he said oh are you in this video one of us so my father like he obviously has never seen a movie he doesn't like for example when felix and mira came out yeah and, and, the uh, Canadian film Canadian about the Hasid, yeah, yeah, um, that I was in. Yeah. It was actually Canada's entry for the foreign language Oscar that year. You know, it did really well. Yeah, and uh, I told my father we were talking at the time. I said I'm going because we premiered at Toronto Film Festival, and I said I'm going to Toronto to uh, for the premiere of the film. He's yeah. like, oh, so you're going to go and act the movie over there? I said, no, 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 no. We're going to go and play the movie 
It's like, oh, you're not going to act it? No, no, Dad, I already acted it. They're going to show a video of me. Oh, they're going to show a video? Then why do you need to be there? <laughs> no, he just doesn't understand like play, movie, really? video. He doesn't get it at all. Yeah. No kidding. He has no idea. Yeah. It would seem that he would enjoy the Yiddish show. Yeah. And my dad is very, very funny. My dad is very funny. You can't get him to come to a show? No. Even if I could, he wouldn't want to be seen. I mean, he's the Rebbe. I mean, it's like the Rebbe going to a show and mixed mixed. But scenes. that's where the fight is, though, dude. Right to get your fucking siblings to come see, you know, something. Some fundam- of my siblings, some of my siblings come. I'm not going to out. Okay. With one of them. Dude. But 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 yeah. but it's fundamentally Jewish. Not to them. You don't understand. Like I didn't know who Shalom Aleichem was. I didn't know who Isaac Bashevis Singer was. Even that's the thing. Even secular Yiddish literature has no place in that world. There's only Hasidic literature. Hmm. You know, I never heard of like the Borscht Belt. I found out about the Borscht Belt 10 years ago. Yeah. I didn't know about those comedians. Huh. I didn't. So are you doing any writing? A little bit, yeah. A little bit here and there. I'm working on, uh, we're trying to uh, to get uh, to uh, uh, kind of like bounce off of one of us and trying to create a series based on the, based on the, loosely based on my life. Uh-huh. On, the, on, on, on a guy who left the community and like, and trying to make it but it seems like that philosophically you, you know to to sort of bridge this gap because like like because like your struggle ultimately since you can't completely extricate yourself from the from the community you know both as a character and as somebody who grew up in it yeah. that you know the in the only way that you become a real threat is you know it's it's like it's the struggle you had with your father-in-law where it just becomes down. If you're not going to be religious, you got to tell me. But yeah. it, it seems to me that that there is a way to the way you become a real rebel without being an activist yeah. is to you know is to engage elements of the community in your creativity. Oh, I am, I am. Like like the, I I I meet people all the time. Like if I go to Bar Pakistan's, I miss the food, and I go and get some chulant or some kugel, or mm-hmm. you know, and uh, someone would come up to me and you know and tell me that the. They, they saw, you know, Felix Amira, and they're really inspired. I have met people who are still in the community. Yeah, well, I, I met when I was in the, in the when I was uh, when Felix Amira premiered in London. I had these kids who came to the premiere, and and uh, and uh, they had no payas, no beard, and said that like watching my growth, yeah. watching me go out there, and you know, quote unquote, making it in the outside world, helped them to leave. People are leaving because of me. People are, you know, they get they get some uh, encouragement from it. Yeah, I just wonder if you could ever like if it ever becomes like. Catholicism or something where you know exceptions have to be made to where they can expand their horizons. What do you mean? That eventually, you know, that but it's so insulated and so genetically kind of like a closed system yeah. that you would think that eventually, like, just to 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 integrate, but they don't want to. No, they don't want to. Mm. You know, and it's funny, like going back to what I said about all the good things they do. Yeah, you know, like you have also even that you have to compare it to North Korea. Yeah. He, do, he does give his people health care. He does give his people education. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, but the, the but the rabbis are not hanging their people uh, in front of other uh, yeah, people. Yeah, no. But they're but they're hanging children who I get who get sexually abused. Hanging know? them out to dry. You mean basically? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Did that happen to you? Yeah, I've talked about that in the past. Yeah. By who? By a private tutor. Three years from now, when I was nine until I was twelve. And did you tell your father? No. You didn't tell anybody. No. I didn't know because he was the only guy I trusted. And, and I didn't get along with my parents and he was my only friend. And that's how he took advantage of it? Yeah. And did you know other kids that were in the same situation? No, I didn't know it. And so I, I didn't find out about, uh, about that he was doing it to other kids until my parents called me and told me about it. 
And that's when they asked me, like, oh, we know he does it to other kids. Did he do that to you? And what happened to that guy? Nothing. Still teaches. Heinous. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you seem okay, and I'm glad the career is working out. Yeah, for now, yeah. Yeah. I'm staying negative, you know. Don't. <laughs> I mean, don't, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how much guilt you carry. <sighs> a lot. I, 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 I listen. I, I, I listen to you, and like sometimes the, the, the thing that holds me together is like, I just hope it doesn't take me until I'm fifty to figure <laughs> what to figure out. <laughs> to figure out. <laughs> figure what out? I don't know. Like you seem to, have, you know, figured it out. Figure, at least figured out your shit and how to deal with it and how to contain it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know? I, I mean, success helps with that a little bit. Yeah. And also, but there are some things that, you know, they're unreconcilable. And, and, I, and I think some of them, you know, seek spiritual solutions to enable you the freedom of mind and heart to at least let go of some things. And yeah. I don't necessarily engage that. And I, and I fight that myself. And you live with that. Yeah. You, you know, you, you have to compartmentalize something. But, but, you know, that's one of the reasons why people, you know, choose spirituality or have some sort of, even if it's a dogmatic system for processing shame or yeah. you know guilt or 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 righteousness you know if you're just winging it yeah it's a selfish endeavor and 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 there's still emptiness there yeah and but that's something you have to accept yeah or try to figure it out and like I, just I drive yourself that, insane i don't know what yeah. there is to figure out i, I don't know either it's it's very confusing. It's, the whole thing it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and if this were a Hasidic tale, it, it would end with <laughs> so. Let, what do we do? Let's go talk to the Rebbe. <laughs> and then we had a lachaim and some cake, <laughs> and the goyim died. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks. Thank man. you. Thank you. Man, that's something else. Religion. Huh? Really? Uh, I guess that the, the Hasidic community is sort of a version of extreme religious nerds. Is that possible? <laughs> probably not. I mean, I think probably the cult model is is more uh, more correct. I got the Telecaster back. I strung it up, and I just tuned the guitar. Okay, so let's do this. <laughs> 